Hello everyone and welcome to Encrypted. My name is Ahmed Al Balaghi and I'm coming to you live from Area 2071 in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates. In the seventh episode of Encrypted, we cover the Chinese crackdown on cryptocurrency and the SEC's rejection of Bitcoin ETFs. All this and more on today's episode of Encrypted. And today joining me is Faisal who's just come back from Germany. Hi guys. Hope you've had a pleasant Eid holiday. Eid Mubarak to all. Yes, Eid Mubarak to all. How was your holiday? It was good, refreshing. Felt short, I guess that's a common feeling. <laughs> But yeah, it was good. Alhamdulillah. Good to hear. Yeah, whilst whilst you were away, a lot of things have been happening in the crypto sphere. It's been a fun week actually, especially for Bitcoin. So, the first piece of news that we have is from quartz.com. And it says that China is now policing cryptocurrency by targeting WeChat accounts. And for those who of for those of you who are unaware, WeChat is you could think of it as WhatsApp on steroids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's um, the main messaging platform that people use in China, which has so many more features than WhatsApp. And about a billion users as well. Yes. Exactly. So China kind of started a massive crackdown on. Uh, on this industry of cryptocurrencies, ICOs, and uh, all these kind of accounts or services that are offering news, even even the updates kind of news on this um, uh, on the cryptocurrency world. So the news article says that it it actually took down nine WeChat accounts. So these are like you can think of it like Telegram for people who use Telegram, like Telegram channels. So it's like. Um, a group of people coming in together uh, trying to get updates on whatever is going on in the crypto world so they actually took down nine of those accounts just for sharing information and so on i mean they had their reasons and the article says that they had uh, suspicions around these accounts offering icos which is initial coin offerings and i mean giving you know advice on trading and so on and this was the extent of the justification they gave for closing out these accounts. Yeah, I'm not surprised because th- these accounts that people have on WeChat that actually they either could be run by an individual or a company. And so from these nine accounts, most of them are company accounts and um they are actually really big names such as Huobi, um, one of the top three exchanges in China and and also Jinsetizing. So these you know influential wechat accounts that have at least you know maybe 50,000 followers have just been shut down either permanently or temporarily again because of what Faisal said because of these accounts have been um facilitating giving crypto advice or, and also news about different cryptocurrencies and so i think one of the biggest implications from this is that if china if the chinese government could, could just come in and shut down these WeChat accounts then how will they want to ensure the crypto media will be able to actually um, cover the cryptocurrency world i mean will they want to shut it off completely or will they maybe have their own official account that would specifically follow a few cryptocurrencies or offer just you know a very niche set of what they want their users to actually know yeah exactly i mean it says also in the article uh, following on your point ahmed that they they the chinese government is seemingly try to have a, a kind of controlled channel for this news and updates and know-hows 
um, which which led to them um, one of the communist parties uh, publishing a guide uh, actually named blockchain a guide for officials which includes like 20 articles uh, on the details of blockchain how it works and all these kind of updates around the ICOs and cryptocurrency world but they launched that through through kind of state owned media uh, namely people's daily and uh, guangming daily if i'm pronouncing it correctly <laughs> so so they they seem they also uh, it seems like they also want to control the kind of information flow that goes Absolutely. to the public to the officials and they want to to have a very limited set of media outlets talking about these things Absolutely. And it's funny because China tries to ban crypto or Bitcoin a couple of times every year. And so last year, for those of you who were in the industry, must remember the the ban that happened on September the 4th, um, which was basically banning crypto exchanges and also ICOs. And just last week, this wasn't the only piece of news that came out from China. Um, this was just sort of the start of another Chinese crackdown on crypto. Do you want to um, yes. explain so, the others? Face so that, that was kind of the, the digital kind of uh, crackdown that they initiated. They've also initiated another crackdown, and this time it's, it was more physical. And they, of, uh, they actually issued um, a memo to venue operators to stop providing their venues to any kind of cryptocurrencies, ICO events. But this is only in Beijing. Yeah, that's only uh, which is like a yeah. a big a big market. So as well. so when I ask my Chinese friends, they're like, "Oh no, it's fine. We're not in Beijing, so, <laughs> so it doesn't affect us." So I'm like, "Okay." Yeah, but I, again, I mean, if you if you just read into it, it seems like a very coordinated set of um, activities to close down on the cryptocurrency world and its activities, uh, which are not regulated or not controlled by the by the state. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how, how it um, goes. I mean, this, again, um, as a reminder, this is just focused on cryptocurrency, something that the Chinese government can't control. But when it comes to blockchain-related events, I'm sure that they're happy to facilitate anything. Um, yeah, and so, so that was sort of part two of the four pieces of crackdown. The third is that China wants to ban the access to 124 crypto exchanges, so they've actually hinted at this before, a couple of months ago, and also very close um, to when they banned uh, mainland crypto exchanges, because they know that even after last year's um, ban, a lot of Chinese people still went out to Binance, um, Kraken, Bitstamp, Poloniex, all these different cryptocurrency exchanges, especially as they now um, are offering Chinese language support. And sure. they're seeing that a lot of them a lot of the people in mainland China are actually just using foreign um, cryptocurrency exchanges, and they don't want that. They want to try ban them, like how they ban Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. But I don't think it would have much of an effect because of VPN. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on how controlled they want to be, but it seems like they're taking a very extreme uh, approach on into this domain. I mean, controlling cryptocurrencies and ICO flows and so on even in the sense of information as well or updates, not even the actual um, the actual activity of you know raising funds through an initial coin offering. But it seems like this is, a, I would say, maybe, in my opinion, an extreme uh, way of doing things. And 
I'm sure they have their own motives. Uh, it, it's just not clear what they are. And uh, having to ban a couple of websites or portals or access to these um, exchanges websites by banning IPs is, for me, it's a bit taking it one step further, you know? It's, it's just a bit too much because, like you said, people can always go around that. And I think people will. Yeah. I don't think it's stopped them. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, blocking websites based on IPs is kind of, you know, it's a, it's a very easy way. It's a, there's a, a very easy w- uh, way around it. So it's not a very effective measure. But that gives you a flavor of what the government is thinking. Absolutely. They want to kind of block any kind of channels. And then, of course, once you block the official channel and then you go through an unofficial channel, then they can kind of, you know, pin you down and... Uh, take actions against you because you're actually doing something illegal. And so part four of the Chinese crackdown last week, we mentioned WeChat already. Um, it allows So part of WeChat allows payments between um, different accounts and also Alibaba's, um, so and financials, sorry, and financials Alipay, which is also a payment um, services app and also a messaging platform that is widely used in China. And it has sort of the same reach as WeChat. So both have come out um, after, after they saw that the government are trying to be a bit more harsh and they're scrutinizing cryptocurrencies more. They know for a fact that uh, a lot of over-the-counter trading is still happening on their platforms. And so WeChat and Alipay have both come out and said that if we spot any suspicious activity where people actually, you know, trading Bitcoin via these platforms by our our platforms will come in and stop them and what's funny about this because I, I was in China I was living in China um, for two years and I saw this happen on a regular basis I mean people it's very very simple for someone just to transact um, a bit of Bitcoin or a bit of Ethereum and then get um, their money through WeChat Pay or Alipay and yeah. so I'm not sure exactly how they're going to combat this because there are millions and millions of payments that happen over WeChat and Alipay and maybe obviously they have algorithms, maybe they might know, scan the words BTC or BTV or you know <laughs> Yeah, it's just super interesting I mean to have um, a nation that is um, as large as China I don't think there are many others which are larger um, to have that kind of extreme approach towards things, it, it just makes you wonder how are they going to do it? Because you're talking about a billion-plus uh, economy, um, different uh, states, different kind of mentalities, people, um, but they seem to, to rely on the biggest channels like we, uh, WeChat and Alipay and so on. They're kind of, you know, shrinking or tightening the nozzle on, on the biggest stream of information and maybe they, they, they say that if we target those we are covering like 80% of whatever flow is happening and then 20% we can look at it later maybe maybe that's their um, their strategy on doing things I, I totally agree and I was just looking at the stats so in the first 10 months of 2017 12 trillion dollars wow. have exchanged via mobile in China Twelve trillion dollars, and so that's just that just basically gives you a scope into how into how you huge WeChat and Alipay are, and it's and obviously if if you live there and you have some crypto assets, it's very simple for you 
if you know the right people to just um, sell them off when you when you need extra cash. I mean, best of luck to them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really super interesting to see. I mean, a lot of a lot can be learned <laughs> out of whatever China is doing. Uh, I mean, even in the technology side, you know, how are you going to control all that kind of our huge number of transactions? I mean, you're saying what twelve trillion. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a very, very, very large amount. Yeah. So and it was like what the, you mentioned that the first quarter was it? The first ten months. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So moving from the east, where it's very harsh, and going all the way to the west, where um, we're actually moving on to the second piece of news, which is the SEC. So this is very interesting because what happened last week was the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, which regulates the financial markets and. United States, they have basically uh, rejected ETF proposals, and so they rejected nine ETF proposals. And the the day after, they came back and said, "Oh, by the way, guys, we are going to review the rejection." <laughs> and so, I mean, I don't know whether that's a good thing, bad thing. A review basically means they could probably amend it. They could, um, they could still say that we want to um, reject the ETF, but they could also say, no, wait a minute, we'll accept the ETF as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Faisal, do you want to go into a bit more about what's going on here? So they, they officially rejected nine proposals for ETFs or ETF products uh, on 22nd of August. And uh, one day later, they just issued a statement saying that these decisions will be reviewed. Now, this is a very big question mark, and this is... I mean, from my kind of wandering around social media and seeing the reactions, um, a lot of people are kind of, you know, surprised uh, why this is happening. Uh, some people thought of it as um, as being um, a direct manipulation move. Others thought that this is a positive thing, that they are still considering it. Some people are reviewing this as... Um, the SC is taking a better approach, taking more time to review and give out their a better informed decision because this time when they said we will review, they didn't give any specific timelines. Mm-hmm. And um, September is only a couple of weeks away. So there's another decision that's, that, that, that's eagerly awaited by the community. So it's just interesting to see how all these uh, decisions will fit during the next couple of weeks. The effect was there on the market. Uh, after the rejection, Bitcoin, I guess, fell down by maybe. It didn't fall. It didn't fall too much. So it didn't fall too much, but it reached, I think, almost to sixty-four hundred. Yeah, back from sixty-seven. Yeah. So and then it it immediately corrected when the other news article came out that the review will go will will happen. So that's why this opens up room for some conspiracies like what's happening what's going on why is this being announced and a day later is reviewed a lot of different opinions on this but yeah this is a very uh, i mean i guess the next month will be a very interesting month for for etfs yeah so i totally agree faisal and do what's funny about this is because a lot of people have been saying that etfs are the way forward they are um a means to get Bitcoin mainstream. And when it got rejected on the 22nd of August, it only dropped by those couple of hundred dollars. And that's it. And to be honest with you, that's not that's not a really big um, 
decline, yeah, especially for, for an asset um, as volatile as Bitcoin. I think that price drop has shown um, how mature Bitcoin is. Remember when, uh, when there's been other news that has affected Bitcoin's price, Bitcoin will just go down a huge sum in one day. And the fact that it reacted only, you know, it only reacted a bit to this news, it, it shows that there's a positive um, long-term trend for this particular crypto asset. Yeah, I completely agree that Bitcoin surviving that kind of news with with a very minor, I would say, uh, drop is, is a good sign in the long term. Oh, and it also came at the same time as the as the, the Chinese, Chinese crackdown. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think Bitcoin is just immune to any exactly, yeah. coming so, out from China nowadays. So two, two yeah. big uh, kind of negative, if you would say, forces are, are being announced at the same time, but then the, the currency is, is stable as well. So that's a good sign. Is a good Overall, sign. Yeah. And, and to go back to one of your points about the different set of proposals, the ones that were decided last week and the ones set for September. So just to clarify, in the last couple of episodes, we talked about ETFs, so exchange-traded funds, and what they are and what they mean for Bitcoin and the industry going forward. And just to quickly um, um, clarify, so the set of proposals that were decided on last week are different than the set of proposals which will be um, decided on September. So all the nine proposals that were looked at by the SEC last week um, are all ETFs which basically have futures or they are derivative backed. And what that basically means is those ETFs, they basically hold um, the futures contract instead of holding the underlying asset. And this is very important because this could, this will definitely have different risks for investors. And the ones, the different set of proposals that will be um, that will be decided on in September, those exchange traded funds, the underlying is the actual Bitcoin. I feel that, I mean, I'm just speculating here, but the fact that the SEC might be um, looking at the difference between what the underlying is in the ETFs could be one of the um, criteria that they have going forward. Although last year they did reject the Winklevoss's ETF, and their ETF was the ETF's underlying was physical. It yeah. wasn't a deri- it wasn't derivative backed. So the ones in September are physical, um, and they're not derivative backed. So we might we'll see whether or not they might have the same plight as Winklevoss's ETF. Yeah, I mean the article also mentions the reason. Um, behind these rejections as mm-hmm. per the SECs. So they, they kind of say that, um, quote-unquote, that these ATFs uh, are not meeting the requirements to prevent fraudulent and manipulative acts and practices. And the reason behind that is that they, they don't... Uh, they're not convinced that an ETF uh, market is a large enough market to prevent these activities. So... One of the opinions in the article says that this is the barrier for uh, the decision. Uh, and once that is cleared off and once the SEs take better better approach into understanding the market and how big is it, then eventually the, the approval will come for AT- ETFs. So and it remains to be seen, but it's an interesting uh, space to follow. 
Absolutely. And just to quickly add on to that, so the futures market for, for Bitcoin um, hasn't even been a year old yet. I mean, they've only been introduced in December 2017 and um, they're still not large enough. It's still not um, very mature. So I think that's definitely one of the factors that the SEC um, considered. And also um, for those, um, and also ETFs, once they're implemented and once they're allowed um, to be on the exchange, you could basically short an ETF. And what I mean by a short is that you basically bet against the market, right? And so if you were to bet against the market, i.e. in this case bet against Bitcoin, that would cause a lot of downward pressure. And a lot of people actually um, argue for the case that they don't want Bitcoin ETFs because they know that Bitcoin is still um, not mature enough to be traded on um, or to be traded by institutional investors who've got a large amount of money and this large amount of money could possibly manipulate the markets as well. And so this downward pressure, if, um, if all this institutional money were to short Bitcoin ETFs, could cause... Um, you know, a negative decline in the future. So I think, you know, in hindsight, it might be uh, um, it might be a good thing, but definitely um, in regards to protecting investors, the SEC might be doing their job. Yeah. I mean, again, um, the, the way the market behaved um, over the past couple of years and how it behaves right now, it's just interesting to see if the trend will continue or... We're going to see like a new kind of cycles approaching this time of the year as well. So it all depends on, I think September will be a very interesting month and we'll definitely be here to cover that as well. Yes, absolutely. Can't wait for that. How could uh, people contact us, Faisal? So you can reach us out on our uh, encrypted channels. We have an Instagram account, a Twitter account. Uh, All the details um, and the handlers are information are available on our fireside page uh, we'd love to hear back from you yes and we we now have a contact us page on on fireside so you could just fill in your details fill in the message do reach out we'd love to hear any feedback you guys have and please please don't forget to subscribe rate and review our podcast on apple itunes it will help the show a lot also if you really liked it please share with a friend or family which will appreciate a lot and yes if you really want if you want to get into contact with either one of us we're on social media i'm on twitter linkedin um, you could find me on twitter at arab Bellari. so check it out thank you very much for tuning in see you soon see you guys thank you for listening to this episode of encrypted we hope you've enjoyed it We are on a mission of making blockchain an inspiring reality. So we thank you for supporting us on this journey. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Your reviews help the show a lot. Thanks for joining us.